Welcome back to another episode of Top Comment Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Tommaso. Today, my guest is Niles Gray. You probably know Niles from Moments YouTube channel. He's been a monumental part of bringing that company to where they are now by making fantastic videos with the rest of the Moment crew. Not to mention, they just make some really nice products. But Niles is one of my favorite dudes online, one of my favorite creators that's out there. He is a wizard of smartphone filmmaking. He has an eye like no other. And so I was very thankful to sit down and chat with him today all about the new iPhone 11 and 11 Pro. He had pre-ordered it. I did not. We talk about reasons for and reasons for not buying the newest phone that's out there and just some general tips on cinematography and filmmaking. So without further ado, enjoy my conversation with the one and only Niles Gray. Here we go. Hello. Mr. Niles Gray, how's it going, my dude? I'm solid. You enjoying your power breakfast there? Yep. Two eggs, you know, almost every morning. Batter cereal. I'm a big cereal guy, so. I used to be. Yeah, I used to be a big cereal guy. Now I'm like on that whole like low carb shit, which is awful. (laughs) It's just like no way to live. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel like I've I've like flirted with the idea of doing that. Yeah. And I realized like I'm I'm an all carb diet. (laughs) Exactly. so, So making that switch would like perhaps kill me and especially be, like i'm half italian right so like that half of me just sort of hey. takes over it's like it's impossible it's just not ha- i want pasta every hour of the day yeah yeah i'm also half italian and i feel it i feel like it's in my blood to just crush bread and I seriously <laughs> yeah. like if, if you give me warm bread and butter like like that's all i need like that, <laughs> literally like that's all you need to survive I'm, I'm totally on the same page absolutely yeah um yeah. so uh did you do it man this morning did you get the Did you get the new iPhone? Are you one of those? I did. I did. I got up at four fifty, walked into the other room away from my wife and baby, um, and I had set up the pre order, so it's pretty quick. I know some people are posting theirs, getting theirs on the twenty third, but I'll get mine on the twentieth. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, I saw because uh, Caleb put up the video on, on Moments Channel, and I think his is coming on like the twenty third. I was like, oh shit, that's I know. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too, and it was like, oh, twenty third, cool. Well, I'll get mine a little earlier, I guess. I mean, they definitely prioritize that pre-order. They, they, they do that as a company just so they know, you know, if they get X amount of pre-orders, and then they can forecast kind of just general sales. Yeah, um, absolutely. So I want a similar moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go back in time a bit because you were rocking the 6S for a long time, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or was it a 6 even? It, it, it was a 6S. So yeah. the 6S was the first 12-megapixel camera that could do 4K. So that was a huge, huge upgrade. I feel like the 6S... I feel like the success honestly still holds its weight. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love that phone. If it wasn't for just performance issues, I think I would have kept it um, forever. Yeah, and I think that's what's interesting because it's like you know I have a buddy who actually who was in my my MIF film, the, my buddy Oscar, who was like the star of that. Like he was rocking uh, a, he was rocking the success up until like two days ago, and and the biggest uh, issue yeah, and the biggest issue really was like it's not that it was a bad phone or anything, but the battery sucked on it. It was just so slow. Yeah. And so, like, when, oh yeah, like, way too slow. And so, when, like, the 11 Pro was announced in the 11, it's sort of like, holy shit, it's pretty damn expensive. He went and bought a 10, which I'm currently rocking now. Oh, and, nice. yeah, and, like, you know, for me, like, I'm, I'm you know, this, like, I, I'm a huge, like, flagship, absolutely everything kind of person for the, for the most part. And it was kind of weird, like, when I had the 5, 6, 7, 8, I had the 8 Plus, and then I went to the 10, and then I had the Pixel 2 and all of that, and I went down that whole Android route <laughs> and kind of became, yep, like, yep. the Android guy for a while just because I absolutely love the Pixel cameras. But, you know, you and I have I've talked about in passing before, like, nothing holds a candle right now still 
to iPhone video. You could make the argument that there's some better phones out there that possibly take better pictures, but nothing totally. nothing holds a, ca- a candle to the video. And do you think like now with like, you know, are you coming from the 10 or 10S? Because I think you got the 10S last, right? Yeah, I'm coming from the 10S. I mean, at this point, it's just kind of the nature of what I do for work that yeah. I have to upgrade. You know, it's kind of like getting the new phone, shooting on, on the new phone is such a part of what... This is a part of what I do that I kind of have to upgrade. Absolutely. Um, I will say, like, the things that kind of got me excited this year was just, like, these are two kind of basic things I don't think people think about a lot, but battery life and then also the brightness of the phone. Totally. I mean, even if you're not shooting on your phone, if you're flying a drone and you're using your phone as a monitor, it's just, like, the fact that that's brighter makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, even, I joked on Twitter what, during the keynote, was just, like, who the hell wants to make a cinema, like, display app? Because that's up at, like, a Ninja 5 yeah. or, or an Atomos level nits on brightness, right? Um, it is, yeah. yeah, and like for people that don't understand, it's like when when you're looking at a screen, the higher the nits, the more likely you can see it out in the sun. That's why DJI makes like a specific drone monitoring app or phone and what or the hell that that weird thing that DJI makes. It's like its own cinema display. But yeah, if you're yeah. someone if you're someone that doesn't even shoot with your phone, but like let's say you shoot on Canon or Panasonic, like they all have these like half decent monitoring apps, so you can see what you're doing on your phone through Bluetooth and whatnot. Like. It, it becomes like a little cinema monitor now that it's at like 1200 nits, which is like crazy. Cause like I just got a Ninja five and that thing's only, only like a thousand nits. Right. So it's even brighter than a, than a, than a, than a thousand dollar HDR monitor that I bought. Now it's in phones. So like there's a lot of things that I think people are glossing over. And here's the thing that kind of comes down to for me. It's like, like you said, for work, you need the newest one. I could possibly make the argument that I need the best, greatest phone for the stuff that I do. I'm stretching a little bit more because you know, and we'll get into this probably later a little bit, but like I have good cameras, you know what I mean? Like I've got a pocket 4k, I've got a GH five. I even have an XT three. Like I have all these great video cameras. So for me to try and say like, Oh yeah, I need this new 11 pro because the camera is so good. That's possibly not what I should be looking at specifically. Although the camera is great. It's, it's, it's probably all the other little things like you're saying, like better battery life, a better screen, you know, smaller little performance things that kind of add up over time that I think most people yeah. could probably actually go with the 11. I'd, I'd, I'd even say that would probably be my reco out of the, the lineup out of the keynote is like the 11 sure. at 699. That's a killer phone. Like the only thing that really the 10R was even missing was the two cameras, right? Yeah. Um, did you have time with the, te- you guys had time with the 10R, like even that phone, like if you think about it, like I'm sure the resale market's going to go pretty cheap with that one. So it's kind of crazy that yeah. how budget you can get in. Sweet. I mean, for, for me, like, the deal breaker was, like, okay, so, or, like, the, like what made the 10R so rad, and I would have bought the 10R had they released it at the same time as the 10S, but last year, they released the 10S, like, a month and a half before you could get it, and the 10R was coming later. Totally, so I remember I bought that. the 10S because I, like, I had my 6S, and it hardly worked, and I just needed a new phone. Like, I actually needed a new phone last year. This year, I don't need a new phone. Yeah. But I think, one, I was just excited about it, and two, it's just fun. Like, a lot of people are, like, oh, like, the era of upgrades and stuff, but it's like if you do have the means to like get a new phone, like it is entertaining and it is a fun kind of culture to be a part of. I Absolutely. think people kind of undersell that, um, you know. And it's like the, like the sheep and all this stuff, but like I don't know, like I enjoy the process and I enjoy just being around tech. So it's like one of those things that like I kind of look forward to and even get a little like nervous about. Yeah, like, yeah. This morning, I, you, you, you like you, like have butterflies. You're like, am I gonna get like. Like, because sometimes there's so many issues and people are trying to buy the phone at the same time yeah. that you just wonder, will the site crash and will I even be able to? It's 
almost like there's yeah. no <laughs> Yeah, totally, man. And it's like, and, and, you know, there's almost two sides to it. Because, like, there's that part of me, too, as the person that used to work in an Apple store and, like, had everyone clapping in line for phones and whatnot. And, like, kind of, you could call it drinking the cooler or whatnot. But it's just, like, again, if you have yeah. the means and it's not going to break the bank for you or whatnot, like, go for it. Like, it is a better yeah. phone. That's the, at the end of the day, like, there's no denying that. Like, people are saying out there, it's like, oh, it's not innovative. It's not a marginal upgrade. Sure, whatever. But it's still a better phone than last year's. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe yeah. It, maybe it's it's a little overpriced and whatnot, and but that's sort of the world that we live in now across the board. <laughs> um, so I like I totally think that there is a culture of hype that is fun and it's exciting. And I think if you're someone on YouTube like you guys, or even just all these tech reviewers and whatnot, it's a business expense anyways. It's part of your. Yeah, it's part of your lifestyle. It's part of your brand. It's part of what you do. You know, again, and I teeter back and forth with this constantly. It's like, yeah, uh, mobile shooting is a huge part of what I do, right? Like I've built my YouTube channel is built upon the fact that I've made stuff with smartphones. Like I I kind of ignore that sometimes and maybe fall away from it because it just feels like I was jumping on the trend of of shooting on phones and I kind of capitalized on it. But at the same time, I do I do enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of and that's kind of what even what I wanted to chat with you now. It's like. I'm at this weird crossroads where it's like, I know what I'm capable of doing with a phone and I'm very happy with the results that I can get from it. What I'm struggling with now is like, I feel pressured a little bit from my own audience and maybe even just the the community of filmmakers and whatnot to be doing more with phones. But then there's this huge part of me that's like, but I want to shoot with the pocket 4k. I don't want to use that idea for a short film for the phone because it's like, aesthetically, I'm still loving the look from real cameras more than the phone cameras as good as they are. You know what I mean? And it's like, and, and I've said this to you many, many times online and in person. It's like, I think you've hit like the pinnacle of like what's possible with phones right now. And I'm, I'm obviously excited to see what you can do with the 11 Pro as well. Part of me is also thinking it's just like, that's you. That's not the phone. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could still grab the 6S and probably still make stuff that looks as good as the stuff that you're doing with the new phones. The only thing that's going to be different is like dynamic range and whatnot and like kind of little bells and whistles. But at the end of the day, like I think the craft of it all comes from what we can create with our eyes. You know what I mean? Like our, our image and the, what we see and how we want to craft the image is, is so much more than like whatever the device that you're using, right? And so like, I'm curious to hear from you. It's like, do you ever see in your productions, like, you know what I've started doing? I think I saw you talk about this too. It's like throwing a super fish on the phone and throwing it up as behind the scenes. You know what I mean? It's like sure. that for me, like I've started doing some stuff for clients now where I'll just grab the Osmo Mobile 3 I'll throw my phone on with like the Superfish or, or even an anamorphic just for shits. And I'll just like do some portrait stuff for them. And I'll give them some extra clips that are beyond the stuff that we're shooting with our cinema cameras. But oftentimes, like that's the stuff the client puts up on Instagram. It's the stuff that they like. It's easy and it's quick. And I'm like, okay, maybe there is more to say about these tools and these phones being like specific tools within a production, but not the only tool. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. No, of I mean, course, man. I don't feel like they're deserved, but I'm flattered, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I do have a ton of fun shooting on phones, and I think, like, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but so much creativity comes from, like, the limitations. Like, when you limit, like, when you have endless possibilities of gear and, and options, it's almost like, for me, it's overwhelming. To yeah. Win. And it's like, you have to shoot on this, or you have to shoot in one room, or you have one location, like how do you make the, how do you, how, how do you craft it there? Yeah. It's almost like liberating for me because then it's like, okay, cool. I, I can work within these confines to make something great or that I think is, is, is good. Um, yeah, I think right now it's like, I'm kind of in a similar boat. It's like, if I get, if I have some cool idea or something I want to shoot or I'm hired to shoot a gig and it looks like this, like I'm going to grab my C200 because 
It's like, I just know what the C200 can do. I know the look. Like, I know that that is kind of the standard for, like, I can read a standard that is like, okay, that is proper. Like, shooting totally. raw 4K with 15 stops of that dynamic range and that whole thing and being able to, you know, it's like, an, it's like you know, you're, like, there's depth of field in the image. Like, yeah. The look of it is so good. I will say phones, per, yeah, it's like phones present a fun option just because I'm almost thinking that, like, the phone look, even without a filter, even when it's not cinematic, it feels like so much more, like, docu and totally. real. That I feel like now we're kind of at this point where it's like, you see someone just vlogging on their phone, it feels so much more real to what they're experiencing rather than it feeling like a production. Absolutely. So I, I got hit up recently by a director to be like a phone dp totally yeah <laughs> yeah, first, yeah at first he was like hey man i'd love to have you on set and i was like <gasps> like my you know like my heart just like explodes yeah and yeah said, like, I, want, I want you to be the phone dp and i kind of like instinctually got a little bit bummed but then realized, <laughs> you know it's like but like don't you know and i still love you on phones and everything but it was kind of like oh okay like phone dp like what is that like that, that's not a thing yet so i don't really i don't really like i didn't know if i should be excited about absolutely it yeah like something that I don't know. It's something that's like going to be good for my career or not. Yeah, yeah. But as I started thinking about it, and the job ended up not working out. But it was cool because his whole idea was like the phone has a look, and I feel like people kind of forget that. Like people try to make the phone look like a big camera, absolutely, like a big camera. But the phone has a look, and there's something about it that feels so real. So if you're shooting, if you want something to feel real, you want it to feel like kind of that like lo-fi. Like someone just was shooting from the hip and was able to capture something really organic. Totally. Like the phone is really good for that. And I feel like with BTS, it's cool because it feels real. Like you're seeing the whole, like everything happen. But even if you were to like throw a phone on and like, I don't know, shoot some scene that's all phone, it makes it feel like someone actually shot that running away from uh, someone chasing them. Yeah, or yeah, absolutely. Having like a riot in the streets. Like I was just in Hong Kong. I was thinking... Like, if I were to shoot the riots right now, if I were to see the protests and shoot this, yeah. would I shoot it on my C200 or would I just shoot it on my phone? It's like, I wouldn't shoot my C200 because it would feel like a, it'd feel like a movie. It'd Absolutely, feel fake. yeah. It'd, yeah, it'd feel like, sure. oh, like, will you, like, why does it look like it was on a cinema camera? But if it's on my phone, it's like, you feel like, you, like I could watch two minutes of that on Twitter and be like totally immersed because it's like someone was there experiencing it. When, when a cinema camera almost takes you out of it and it feels like a commercial or like it's staged. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's why like, I think the journalism community and like video journalists have like been huge yeah. proponents of like mobile shooting, right? Yeah. Is that, you know, I remember actually, it's funny, relevant to even the democratic debate happening last night. I was in New York during the 2016 election and I got a chance to see Bernie uh, do his last rally. And I was actually there shooting with a client and whatnot. But what I was most excited about was like, we were right by press row, like where all the people stand with like their giant tripods and like those like ghetto, what I what I think are ghetto, like JVC, Sony, like weird cameras, those giant ones that like CNN yeah, uses like and whatnot. Yeah, like I don't know how those are still sold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've ever seen like CNN and Fox and all those people. But then you would see like someone from BuzzFeed because you could see their press badge with like the Osmo One at the time running around with like an iPhone with their like headphones plugged in as the microphone, right? And I'm just like, that's... Oh way way cooler and also like speaking to the audience that we need to be speaking to they, they they're not going to look at that and be like oh what, what a shitty newscast they, they shot on a phone they're like no, no no this looks like what i make this is what looks like what my friend makes and i feel like that that blurring line like you're right like if you were to shoot the protest it's like there's there's a time and place for like doing it on a c200 or doing a full-out blown documentary but it's like that kind of removes the fabrication element of like shifting the narrative when you just like throw your phone up 
it feels way more in the moment. It feels less like kind of polished in that, like that you're not manipulating the audience in any way. Yeah. Right. It's a look. It's, it's a look. It's like yeah. A theme. It's a vibe. Yeah. It's the same thing as any other camera. It's like, there's something about it that feels real. And I would say you can also get access to so many more places. If you roll up with your huge, like newscaster tripod and like, and like this massive camera, it's like, Oh, you're a journalist. But if, if, if you show up with your phone, like, you might still be a journalist, but yeah. the perception's different. Absolutely. Like, you, know, like, you can still say, like, hey, I'm here with BuzzFeed, I'm here with whoever. You know, but it's like, but, like, there's no walls to that. It's like, no. oh, this dude just has his phone, and we're just talking. Like, it's this small, little, compact unit that, like, can still just, like, I don't know, like, like, like a video on a phone could, like, still shape the world. Oh, absolutely. In, like, yeah, absolutely. In, like, journal, you know? Yeah, and I think but that, I feel like, yeah. I think that's cool. And I think that, like, you know, we're seeing, like, Soderbergh and whatnot, like, shoot full-blown yeah. Netflix movies and whatnot on phones. And it's, like, yeah. and it's funny because it's, like, I'll watch that and I'm, like, I know it's a phone. So, me as, like, a filmmaker, it could pull me out a little bit at times, right? Because yeah. I'm, I'm becoming hyper-aware of it being a phone. But then I have to, like, turn that lens off. No pun intended. But I have to, like, turn that side of my brain off and just become, like, a regular audience member again and, and be, like, okay, it's just a good story. It's still good cinematography. It's a good movie. Totally. I need to like turn that perception off of like just because it's a phone doesn't make it any better or less. You know what I mean? It's just one more tool for us to make things. And what I think is interesting about the whole perception side of things, it's like, you know, now that like Apple's really leaning more into like, oh, this is a professional filmmaking tool. I would love for the industry to kind of think that too. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, I can't, I can't just show up on a client shoot right now and be like, oh, I have a, I have a brand new iPhone. Like I'm going to film this whole docu with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's just no way, right? The only reason you have like boxes so your camera looks exactly exactly yeah i just bought i just bought i don't know if you saw but i bought like a whole shoulder rig setup for the pocket 4k that i'm literally never gonna use but god damn does it ever look cool when i set it up on sticks and stuff right yeah (laughs) totally exactly (laughs) Uh, and what's yeah and what's cool is like maybe we're starting to see the cusp of like you know bringing filmic pro up on stage and all that kind of stuff and showing that how like it's a little mini like movie making studio like in 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 your hand yeah that's very interesting because it's like I want clients and I want the industry to start thinking it's like maybe that's one more B cam or a crash cam that we throw up. And that's sort of like the start of it. Right. I think that's what it is right now. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, I think it's almost like the backup. It's almost like a safety net. It's like if you were like, I feel like now, you know, maybe five years ago, if you were to throw up a phone at all, it'd be like, what are you doing? Absolutely. Now, now it's like you throw up, you have, you know, like your A cam, B cam, and then you have like a C cam. Totally. That's maybe a wide. That's maybe like a wide of the whole scene because I feel like where you, where you start to trick people with with if it's a phone or a big camera is is in the wides. Like if you like, like I never like whenever I'm shooting any like cinematic iPhone whatever video, like I'm never going super tight. Like totally. I'm basically shooting a bunch of wides and doing a bunch of moves on a gimbal or doing something like because the camera's so light yeah i can like hold it out of a car or i can literally like put it somewhere and rig it in two seconds when if i were to throw my c200 there it would cost me like thousands of dollars absolutely I would need, like i would need like two grip guys yeah. to like drill it in the car you know it's like it's basically like like where you can put an iphone is crazy and i feel like now because it is getting better it's like you can mix that footage in more naturally and i think the biggest giveaway to me and we talk about this all the time a moment is just your shutter speed yeah for you sure know? like if you, if you have all this like beautiful one over 48 4k 24 frames per second footage and yeah. you throw like an iphone clip that's supposed to be cinematic yeah <laughs> and, and, and it's like a one over four thousand shutter speed like that's not gonna work absolutely Where it not, would yeah. work at one four thousand is, is if you cut to someone like 
in a film or in like a documentary like vlogging and like experiencing something very real then it feels like very kind of with a second ago like it feels very organic and it works there's places where it works and places where it doesn't Absolutely. I think now you're, you're seeing it work more I know, absolutely. And I think that like part of what excites me even moving forward too, and like a big reason, like my favorite moment lens is the telly is because it's giving me the compression yeah. that, I, that I can't get. You know, I, I think a lot of people like look at that lens as a photo lens, but I've always recorded it as more of a video lens. You know what I mean? It's like totally. I've tested it out as like a B cam in an interview and it's like I can cut it together with almost anything and I'm not sure many people would even notice, right? It's like yeah. that to me, just like giving a little bit of that depth of field and just a little bit of that lens compression that you don't get from the white. Cause you're right. It's like, you know, even in high flying bird, like Soderbergh's Netflix one, it's like, that's where it pulled me out the most. It was like, he would go on a close up, like a, like a two cam setup, a B back and forth, like over the shoulders. And I'm like, that's where like the most, most times I'm like, Oh shit, it's a phone. Right. But when he would cut to some beautiful wides of yeah. New York, I'm just like, that's beautiful. That's, that's fine. That could have been anything. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause like even in the keynote, they showed like maybe one or two examples of the telly taking photos and it did look like it was pushing in some, some natural bokeh, which like is kind of new for the phone to do it on its own. Right. Like, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Like well, I'm, I'm excited to see what that kind of happens. Yeah. The telly lens is now an F2, I think. So yeah. they've dropped down that aperture a little bit, which isn't, I mean, I'm not like a, I mean, I love tech and gear and stuff, yeah, but yeah. I'm not like the most educated in terms of like the sensor, but because the sensor is so small, that F2 is actually on like a big camera, like an F, what, like 20? Yeah, it's, cra- it's something, something crazy. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but that, that is cool that, that they're dropping that down and, and that makes now being able to shoot telly on telly with our telly at an F2 yeah. and that's like 110 mil, then that'll be like way more bokeh. So maybe that actually looks better now and that lens now has stabilization in it, I believe, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So that, that rocks. So like shooting, yeah, I mean shooting like telly on telly video, like I think like that's almost like it's so tight that then people are like, well, how could that be on a phone? Because they actually can't like imagine it. You know? I, you know, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, so, so, so maybe it's like, it's like the two extremes. You either go wide or you go like super tight on a scene, you know. But I think shooting details is where is, is where it's myth. Like I, in like the Soderbergh film, it's like I don't know. Like you see in so many films, like people are shooting really tight on like eyes or hands or like textures. Totally. And like and and on the phone, like you really can't do that. Like there's just not like it, like the effect isn't sold as well as it is on, on on a cinema camera. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it's like, you know, that's where I think about it again. And I I guess a lot of it comes down to the perception. It's just like, you know, the changing of the guard or the changing of the old way of thinking is just like, it might, it might not be that phones get as good as cinema cameras. It just might be that audiences become more accepting of the way phones look. And then, and then, yeah. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like, you're either the Quentin Tarantino being like, I'll never shoot digital or you're someone like, you know what I mean? Or, or you're yeah. someone like Soderbergh who's just like, no, I'm embracing where the future's going because I can't stop it, so let me get ahead of it now, right? Like, part of me thinks that's even what he's yeah. doing a little bit. It's just like, there are more filmmakers shooting on cheaper and smaller cameras and stuff like that that are coming out with great work. You know, now that like, you know, think of Black Magic even an example, like coming out with these cinema yes. cameras that like you could you could partner those up with a with an Alexa or a Red or whatever. And no one's going to know. You know what I mean? No. But but you're paying like a, a quarter of the price or an eighth of the price of like a brand new cinema camera. Right. Yeah. So it's like I wonder no, now, like going into next year and whatnot, which will probably be like you know, even a redesign of the phone itself. It's like, will we have this year yeah. of perception change? Because, you know, like. I'm almost like exhausted thinking about all the videos. I mean, you guys must be too. Like that's a complicated camera system now to talk about. You know what I mean? Like 
I was watching yeah, the keynote. No, yeah, really is. I was watching the keynote, and I'm just like, there's so much to this new camera now that like they're almost glossing over how much they've changed, right? It's like there's so many things we got to dive into. Like the fact that they're even showing the 35 millimeter equivalents now, like in the in the app itself, like when you're zooming, I'm like, they're they're almost like teaching people photography and video making in yeah. the app itself, almost inadvertently, right? They're like creating, they're creating these like new cinematographers and creators that either are going to go like, oh, I'm only ever going to shoot on phones now because this is how I learned and grew up on. Like, unlike us who like started on DSLRs and all that kind of crap, they're like, no, I started filmmaking on phones. So that's the way I want to keep shooting. Right. So that's like a whole new breed of filmmakers that are just embracing the phone and embracing the look. And I'm sure an audience is going to follow them as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's wild. There's there's such a following. Like, I feel like I can, I can, I feel like the advantage of shooting on a phone is saying that it was shot on a phone. Absolutely, like, yeah. If you shoot something cool and it's like, oh, I shot, a, I rented an Alexa Mini, it's like, oh, rad, that's awesome. You got your hands on, a, on an Alexa Mini. That footage will definitely go in your rear. Yeah. Reel. But if you say it was on a phone, then it's like, it has like a viral potential. You Absolutely, know? Like yeah. You put that on Twitter and, and you can, or like on YouTube and you get a little like momentum with like a clicky title. Totally. And like, and like that's like, like, I plan to make videos. Like just try, like try to go film. I should just go film things that I like to film. Like I love filming like, skating. I love filming. I would love to film like some surf stuff, but I definitely just have to like figure out how to get it in the like get it in the water without being too scared. Because right now, the, the, like the new pro is a little more waterproof. Totally. But it said like up to thirty minutes. Like if a wave hits it, what does that do? Yeah. But it's like I basically just go film things that I enjoy, and then I just think through like what the phone like like what's an advantage to having the phone that would make the C200 hard. And it's honestly like just the, like the moves, like the camera moves totally. on a phone are so much easier. And, 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 and you can do them forever. Like if I have a Movi and the C200, like my, and if I don't have an easy rig, like my back's destroyed. Oh, you're and toasted. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I have the little Movi or the Osmo 3, which is dope. Yeah. And, and like my phone, I can literally do moves for hours. I can run around. Yeah, absolutely. Sprint. I can run backwards. Like I can put in a tree. Like there's so many things you can do just because it's so light. So from this whole, like, I mean, you get, you're getting the new phone, all this kind of stuff's coming. Like, was there anything that you were disappointed about or you wanted to see, or did it kind of check all the boxes for what you kind of thought was coming next beyond just being like, I need a new phone because it's part of my job. I think it it was weird to throw the pro name on. Yeah. I feel like, like, like if you're going to throw pro on the end of it, my mind goes to just higher expectations. Yeah. I I would love, like, like if they said pro, and they said there's now a setting to shoot 10 bit. Yeah. And, you know, like 10 bit 4K. Like that would be insane. And Absolutely. Like maybe there's like a limited record time. Maybe there's, uh, you know, m- maybe it, it doesn't work in 4K 60. You know, like even with some like limitations. Yeah. Like if that was a, I feel like that would be really cool. I feel, I don't know. There's just things that like if you're, if you're going to call it pro, like, I don't know. I feel like that's the only thing that I was kind of like, huh. Like if they just called it like an iPhone 11. And like 11s or whatever, I don't even know yeah, yeah. what it means. But if there was something where then you had that, then I feel like I would be almost like content and like stoked on it. Yeah, it's but kind yeah, of. I feel like- Pro is weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree because it's like they also the fact that I got to go into settings still to like change my frame rates. It's another annoying kind of yes, thing. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, totally. 
like I was just like, oh, they're so close. They're so close to like just give me that. Like I don't even want. Like I don't care. Like obviously I use like the Moment app and Filmic Pro and all that stuff for manual control. But it's like in the moment, there's a lot of times where you know I just swipe up from lock screen and I have the camera open, and it's like maybe I left it in sixty on some stupid thing I was shooting last, and I'm like, oh crap. Now I gotta open up my phone right and go into it and dive into it and change my frame rate and like even just like little things like. Even if I can't change it, show me ISO or something. Show me the shutter speed that it's shooting at. Like, show yeah. me that kind of stuff in the native app. And I understand that they're trying to, like, not overcomplicate the system for the masses. But like you said, it's yeah. like they're calling it the pro now. They're they're saying this is for, like, all us filmmakers and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you they're, they're and I, and I kind of almost even see the side where, like, well, there's third party for that. You know what I mean? It's like, let's bring Filmic Pro up and do whatever. Because it's like, oh, you guys got to go buy an app for that, right? But I, I, I don't like the the line they're kind of like dancing with the, even the iPad Pro and whatnot, where it's just like, is it a pro device or is it just like a highly elevated consumer general thing that they're just trying to make it seem like it's for professionals? You know what I mean? And and, and like that's probably like my only that and like for me like the, another reason why I'm I'm probably just gonna hang on to the ten is just like I'm I am kind of holding out for that when they went from like the six to the ten that kind of major redesign. You know, like the seven just kind of looked like a more glossed over six. The eight as well. Let's just make it glass. But it's like the 10 was like, oh shit, this is a new phone now, right? And now they're kind of milking that design a little bit. And so for me, I'm like, let me just kind of wait till they go iPad Pro with this thing where it's like all aluminum, whatever. And like that might be the phone the phone I end up switching to. And then there's another part of me that's like still caught up in Pixel land of like how good the photos are that come out of those phones. And so like I'm I'm hoping that like when this Pixel 4 comes out, like there's a Pixel 4A that's maybe like $399. I'm like, okay, there's my new point and shoot for mobile shooting, right? Like not for video, most mostly for photos, right? Exactly. Like yeah. The value in that is remarkable. And I, you know, it's 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 almost too early to tell, and and we'll probably chat more about this online and whatnot once the samples start coming out. But it's like right yeah, yeah. right now, it's like I have nothing to base my my thoughts on whether or not the camera actually is as good as they're saying. You know what I mean? Because it's like going from the 10s yeah. to the 10, it was like it's a it's a minor difference, but almost indiscernible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm I'm just interested now because if this thing blows me away, and I'm like, holy crap. This is finally the way I've I've been kind of imagining what these phones are capable of and whatnot. It's like okay, yeah, I'll go buy one, right? But like right now, I'm just yeah. kind of like teetering the line, and I'm trying to like you know teach myself to not get too caught up in the hype as much as much as I love it as much. Uh, and it's kind of like you know I've I've been on this path of like buying the previous year's flagships and just sort of holding it out. You know what I mean? Because it's like they're still great phones. I can tell people you can hang on to phones three four years now and not really worry too much about it. But if the things kick ass, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm probably gonna buy it. <laughs> Totally, yeah. I mean, I feel, yeah, like if someone has a 6S or a 7 Plus, like the color, yeah. like the skin tones on those two cameras are much better than the 10. Like yeah, if you totally. If you 10S at a sunset, the orange is like, makes me want to like throw up. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you don't really want to shoot phones directly into the sun anyways because it just doesn't handle it well, but, but like, I will say like, if it's a little in the, like, you know, even if there's some bleeding from the sun in, in your image, like the oranges look so bad. So it's almost like pro to me would have been like, like, like almost i don't know like there wouldn't have been some settings kind of like what you said in the ui where it's like maybe you could shoot like a like a log format totally get rid of like the plasticness of and like again what you said there are third-party apps and i feel like that's why they don't is because filmic pro the moment app you know all, all, all these others have a life and are like a part of the ecosystem because Apple hasn't done that in their own app, you know, because because like once that happens, I feel like they're basically just going to cancel out the majority of their third party apps. Absolutely, I am excited. I am excited to use that multi cam. I think people, I think it, in my mind, it was like a little overhyped. I know yeah, it's probably not like a like a popular thing to say, 
but it is extremely cool and like I could see the use cases for it, but yeah. I don't think a lot of people are going to use it. Like, no, absolutely not. Not a lot yeah. of people are shooting that. And no, it's like, no, no. And I think the option to have the selfie or like the selfie cam on is kind of funny. Like, yeah. Like, are, like, are you going to like be record a conversation and have this kind of like, like, I mean, that cut between facing one direction and in the opposite direction yeah. is so annoying. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's not, like, that's not like an aesthetic cut. So, no, like, no. People, so like, I see use cases, but I also see not that many people using it it was more just impressive tech it was like holy shit like that's that is like a next level move but yeah. that's still pro and that, that's like apple giving them the ability to do that absolutely that's not like apple doing that yeah exactly it's like it's just <laughs> more so like yeah no i agree with you because i feel like it's more showboating the processor power rather than like an actual practical use case scenario because it's like a lot of that stuff is so niche. Like I would even argue the whole slow fees crap is like another niche thing. Oh like they can try and bank on that becoming some, I think the problem that they, they actually had with the slow fee thing is like they're trying to make it a thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like they should have just, putting effort into exactly, to exactly. Which yeah, yeah. is like brand 101, like don't try to make a meme. It has to kind of happen organically. <laughs> it's like you guys, it's, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's like you guys didn't try to make ice lattes part of your brand. It just happened because the audience picked up on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> That, that was never thought in my mind yeah exactly exactly and it's like because you didn't plan for it yeah you can't plan for stuff like that whereas like apple's like trying to make slow fees a thing and that's why it won't be right because the first the first oh inclination was everyone groaned right it's like oh god <laughs> yeah the only slow fee i'll do is as a joke yeah. once i'll post it on twitter that i'll never do it again exactly i will say though for I'm, I'm curious i was trying to research yesterday so with the front facing camera now being a little beefed up yeah that does help the pro name a little bit but i feel like if they, they would have they targeted like the vlogger more if they would yeah, have for something sure. in there that said like hey our front facing camera does 4k 24 30 and 60 and maybe there's maybe it's a little wider i'm not sure i was trying to find like the focal length on yeah yeah yesterday. yeah i'm not sure what it is either actually yeah so i'm like really interested to see because Vlogging on phones is like super simple. Absolutely. And it, and it makes life so easy. So if you actually, if that front facing camera is actually like legit now, because before it's been trash, it's been like totally worthless. Absolutely. And, like, yeah. and it's like, I would never use it. Like, I'm, I'm going to flip the phone around and just hope I'm in focus and in and, and frame. Um, but yeah, so I'm really curious about that because that could be a huge market, especially if there was like some kind of, I don't know, some way to like, make your shutter speed right i don't know the traditional filmmaker in me yeah. just always wants to shoot the right shutter speed no i no i totally unless agree unless it's purposeful and i want it to look more chaotic and like one over 96 or yeah one over 100 or something but i feel like that that'd be my only thing is if like the shutter speed looks awful and i have to watch 10 minutes of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's, and it's funny like again like i said i'm like maybe it's a traditionalist in both of us but it's like i don't even like that they their demos were 4k 60 you know what i mean it's like Show me yeah. the 24. Show me the 24 of that camera because it's like it's not like Martin Scorsese is doing The Irishman for Netflix at 60 FPS. It's just not happening. It's no, like, no, yeah, <laughs> it's like major filmmaking and it's still and everything is still 24 FPS. And as much as like the YouTube community wants to talk about how 60 looks better or 30 looks better, it's the, it's the soap opera effect. You know what I mean? It's like you got oh, it, yeah. yeah, you got like Tom Cruise and Chris McCurry coming off a of follow up, being like, please turn your motion smoothing off on your TVs and stuff. And they're like yeah. really trying to push people into 24 because you know, it's just the way cinema's kind of been for as long as we can remember. Right. And I'm, yeah. I, it worries and me I that feel, they're like pushing, like pushing it. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, it just, it just worries me that like showing 4k 60 is like telling people that it's okay. And I just don't think aesthetically it's the right way to go. Yeah, totally. I feel like it is funny kind of that, that, that pushback. I mean, I've talked to Jesse 
driftwood yeah like, a ton about this and we always kind of laugh because he lets his he shoots like everything 60 yeah and like speeds it up to real time and like speed ramps back down and, and when i was at gopro we we honestly did that too like we would all like you rarely put a camera in real time because it, there's action there's so much stuff happening that totally. you need to slow it down and, and i think in that case it makes sense like if you speed, speed something up to, to, to real time but then bring it back down to 120 like my mind isn't thinking like wrong shutter speed no it's for when sure. it's shot in 24 the whole time and like there's no action or there's yeah. nothing happening or in 60 the whole time and there's no action there's there's no like speed ramping yeah i'm like gosh this looks like it's, to me it's like it looks gross yeah exactly yeah i, I know that's kind of extreme but, it, but it's like i literally think in my mind like ew that's gross yeah yeah no i feel the same way and it's like it's my biggest like feedback to google like not even putting 24 in the pixels it's just like what are you guys doing? So like they gave Terrence Malick that Pixel 3 last year and he shot like a really nice little piece with it, but it was all 30 FPS. And I was just like, this could have been amazing, but it was 30 FPS. And I was just like, this is gross. Like it looks gross. Yeah. Um, Whenever I shoot Pixel, I always shoot 60 and yeah. just slow it down. And it ends up being like the kind of classic, like it's cinematic because it's slow. Absolutely. Which yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of. I would rather shoot 24 FPS and have it be cinematic because it just is and because the move is good yeah. and the light is good and the scene is good rather than just slowing it down to like 60 or 120 and calling it cinematic just because it looks more dramatic. Yeah, that, that's it's funny. I've been having a lot of conversations about that because I've been, I and everyone kind of talks about this, but like slow-mo becomes such a crutch for, for a filmmaker and it's like, yeah. you know, even we did that, like I did that photo walk with uh, Isaac Knupsi like last, last weekend and like yeah. I had the pocket 4K with me and I just like forced myself to shoot 24. Like I'm just like... Nice. I just want to do it to force myself into the habit of it because I got to stop thinking that like my six second clip is 12 seconds or my 12 second clip yeah. is 24 because I'm always cutting shit in half. Right. I'm just like getting, I'm extending my shots out because I know that it's going to be longer once I get into post, but then I'm like not getting coverage that I need when I want to shoot it in real time. Right. So I'm, I'm really trying to yeah. force, force myself into the 24 world. What I have learned even yeah. recently in the industry is like a lot of movies and whatnot are shoot and, and TV specifically are shooting 48 because it's like if they do want to slow it down, they can. And a lot of people are saying that 48 doesn't look too too much different from 24 for people to notice. That they're keeping okay. everything at 148 or at 48 FPS, sorry. And if they need to show it down, if they need to slow it down a little bit, they can cut it in half if they need to. But they're keeping everything at yep. 48, which is kind of interesting. But then again, I'm like the purist in me is like, just shoot 24 and then go high frame rate when you need it. Like commit to when you want to go slow-mo. Don't think about it after. Yes, it feels like it's... It feels more intentional and more as if you actually know what you want to shoot like exactly. it feels more purposeful to just shoot 24 and then switch to high frame rate when you know you need it exactly. it feels more run and gun to just always shoot 60 and just hope for the best yeah exactly <laughs> exactly you know i feel yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's interesting i feel like there's people for the internet too like when you make videos for the internet um, you're just trying to grab attention and it is so short that I think slowing things down does make it more dramatic and yeah. like videos for the internet. But people who can do like real time well, it definitely grabs me more. Like there's a there's a guy I follow named Zach Lauer from the UK who makes yeah. all these like snippets as he calls them and they're and they're all in real time and they're rarely on a gimbal and they're just so well done. Like they're so enjoyable to watch. And it's like, wow, that, that's an internet video that is cinematic. Absolutely. And it's like actually cinematic. And I feel like that's like, there's a lot of room for people to kind of differentiate themselves by shooting real time. Cause there's so much slow-mo now. Everything's slow-mo. Everything's a 
speed ramp into a, a you know an in-camera transition and like that stuff's cool it is really grabbing but that's just never been like my favorite and i feel like for me i just want something timeless and aesthetic and that kind of feels like hollywood or it feels like something that's classic that yeah. is just adopted to the internet or wherever i'm posting the video. absolutely i think like when i saw i think you had watched it too that i shared that pocket 4k uh little short film that guy made was just like the the two the guy and the girl oh, like so, so beautiful like all shot handheld the guy was at like f8 for the entire video everything's kind of sharp and in focus <laughs> and whatnot like there's no crazy shallow depth of field it's all like that kind of shaky tasteful handheld that everyone seems to hate but i absolutely love like i still get I pulled i pull i get pulled through the mud constantly when i do something that's not on a gimbal or whatnot i'm just like i'm obviously doing it on purpose like I have a, I'm, I'm sitting beside a, a closet right now that has a Feiyu Tech A6500 or whatever the hell it is, the brand new one. <laughs> I've got the DJI Ronin SC. Like I have these tools, but I just prefer the look of handheld. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you oh have gosh. you having the I weight of like more. a, yeah, like you having the weight of a C200 like gives that kind of smooth movement to the handheld that I'm just like a sucker for. You know what I mean? Like I love yeah. that way more than like a, like don't get me wrong. There's a time and place for a nice smooth gimbal or a dolly shot and whatnot. But for the most part, like my style is just to go hand bombing. Right. And yeah, you know, I, yeah, I love, I love that look. That look feels, it feels more chaotic in yeah. like a good way to me. It feels more as if you're kind of a part of the scene, a really cinematic push in or a good gimbal move is great. But what always pulled me in is like really well done handheld. Yeah, I, like like there have been some films I can't think of any on top of my head that I like remember the scene so well. Of just yeah. like first shot is like a running shot through the woods, and the camera is just bouncing like crazy. Absolutely, but it feels so chaotic and it feels so interesting and so compelling that you're just pulled into it because it's like what is happening, you know? And like that and that camera move adds to the actual story when I feel like if, if you throw something on a gimbal and everything's smooth I don't know if I can it's on a gimbal if I think oh it's on a gimbal then I don't think it's that great of a shot yeah know? no I agree with that man I'm totally on the same page yeah it's a for me it's as much a crutch as the slow-mo it's like you know, I, I call it like gimbal B-roll syndrome where it's like everyone is just doing these wides and they're just swooping around stuff. And I'm just like, there's nothing to this. You're literally just spray and praying, walking around with a gimbal. And it's like, I, for me, show me where you want to wanted to point that camera and like focus on that thing that you wanted to see. Right. And I think that's why, like, yeah. I even struggle sometimes as a, as a filmmaker when I shoot on a gimbal because it's like not going where I want it to go. You know what I mean? It's like, I just want to grab it and I want to point it at the thing that I want to be shooting at. I don't want to be waiting for the gimbal to catch up to my movement. Right. Um, (laughs) so it's like it's really really and it's such an interesting time for filmmaking now too because you get like i love handheld and i'd love to shoot more even like even the last myth thing that i shot like i used all handheld i just stabilized most of it in post right and it's funny because like i tried to do it on sticks i tried to do that whole piece on sticks and like halfway through the shoot i'm like i can't do this like i gotta take it off this tripod because i need to put this camera where i want to put it so like part of me is like maybe I got to do more sticks work and I got to figure out how to be a little bit more of a crafted filmmaker rather than like just relying on handheld. But then there's the other half of me. It's just like, fuck it. I like the way handheld looks. And that's just my style, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do like throwing stuff on sticks to just give people a chance to breathe. It's almost like if using all three is the best scenario. Yeah, absolutely. A few g- gimbal shots that are just buttery smooth. You have some statics that are on, on sticks that you know you can really live in and then you have some handheld that makes it feel more natural a little more like you're a part of the scene um you know i feel like kind of a mix of those three seems to be the sweet spot and i think it just depends on what you're shooting like you 
it has to be purposeful though. It has to be intentional with why, why that shot, why that lens, why that rig, you know, absolutely. So I think moral of the conversation is right tool for the right job and the right place. And I think there is obviously a place where phones can kind of live within the production world and and, and in the industry. It's just not, I think a lot of people are going to look at the new phone as like another crutch where it's just like, I have the newest phone, so all my stuff's going to be amazing now. But like, you know, you had a phone before that was probably just as good too to do what you needed to do. This is just might make it, this this might just make it easier at the end of the day, right? Like I have a whole mantra. It's just like, I want the least barriers to creation. So I want the least barriers to like whatever it is I want to put out. I just want to be able to grab it and go. And maybe this new phone will be that option for a lot of people where it kind of breaks down some some hurdles that they may have had with like previous phones. But at the end of the day, it's not the camera, it's you. Yeah, no, it's no, no, it's 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 so true. I think I I'm really really curious to see what the colors look like. Absolutely, like they never yeah. talk about that, and you know, and I kind of get it. To a lot of people who are buying this phone, they don't care about you know the color rendition of skin, yeah. and of grass and of all that stuff. But I'm super curious, and that's one of those things you just have to look at yourself and For you know sure. shoot it. And Throw it on your computer and see what it looks like. Absolutely, but I'm super curious to see how, how like the, how, the, how the color science works because that's always like that's one reason I've always rocked Canon is just because I, I dig the colors. Like, yeah, I was I've gonna say yeah. Tempted so many times to, to switch to Sony. I came so close to buying an FS5 like however yeah. long ago. And what always kept me at, at Canon, I just love the I love the skin tones. I love the colors. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if I shoot something 1080, 24, and the colors look great and the grain is perfect, then that's, that's exactly what I needed. Absolutely. Do you think you'll you think Caleb will ever convince you to go Black Magic? Have you guys talked about it? Is he liking that camera? Yeah, I've actually been. I almost bought the 4K as like my B cam. Yeah. Because you can shoot raw on it, and I'm pretty sure I could be able to match like both like their log formats and figure it out in post. Totally. And then the 6K came out. And I was like, okay, like I'm like that is the B cam that I want to get. Yeah. Um, and then also like I would fly that on a gimbal. I would mount that to cars, like just because it's so much lighter, it's so much easier to put places. Absolutely. Um, and you can just hold it for a lot longer too, which oh, is great. For sure. for sure. two hundred, like a seventy to two hundred on it, does get pretty heavy. Um, but yeah, at this point, I just like I, I have my C two hundred, and when, when I think about needs, like I would buy the Black Magic one because it'd be fun to make like YouTube videos with it. Yeah. Two because it looks great and I could use it for. Like basically like really high end like home videos. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. For vacations and stuff, it'd be an awesome tool. It's, it's either that or my phone. Basically, is what right now I use my phone for that stuff. Yeah, I just did a trip to Mexico and like shot some clips that I'm kind of stoked on. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably make some sort of video out of that, but but yeah, I mean, I'm super tempted. That would be camera, that's the next camera I'll buy. I imagine. Yeah. I don't think I'd, I'd ever shoot 6K though. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that's like something that I need. But it, but it is cool. It's like, wow, 6K. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's future proofing, right? Like a lot of this stuff, like you're looking at a five year investment anyway. So it's like you might as well have something that you know is going to keep up with the Joneses for a while, yeah. right? Which is which is really cool. Like knowing that your camera will be relevant for a long time is very comforting. Absolutely. Especially at that like $2,400 price point or whatever. It's a crazy time, man. What a crazy it time. And it's like, I know everyone always says that, but like legitimately it is. It's like, I can go back to like when DSLRs didn't even shoot video. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like I, my first camera was like playing with my parents, like VHSC, like handy cam or whatever, like with tapes. And it's like, I'm not that old. We're not that old. You know what I mean? No, we're not. And it's like wild. Yeah, it's it's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. I'm super curious to see. 
I mean, what's blowing my mind is that if you compare my iPhone, my new iPhone, yeah. to my C200, my iPhone is such a better piece of tech. Totally, like, yeah. Like, my phone is a smartphone, and my camera is, like, a dumb camera. Yeah, like yeah. Gene from uh, Who's Potato Jet. On, on, yeah, on yeah, Gene's got, awesome, yeah. I, I heard him say that, and it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so true. Like, like my iPhone has all this software, all this computational image, like, technology that I can't even, like, begin to understand how the engineers think of it. And then my C200 just shoots raw log. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it is... It is so interesting that, that, like, I don't know, that's just such an interesting, like, dichotomy to me of how, how we're, like, viewing cameras. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, I mean, eventually, once, like, video bokeh becomes a thing that's very usable, like, that seems to be, like, the biggest hurdle because right now, like, the depth of field is what you miss most. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's, like, my biggest hurdle when it's, like, do I want to use this idea for a phone or do I want to grab one of my real cameras? It's, like, that's the biggest thing that holds yeah. me back. It's just, like, when I watch films, a big, a big reason why I love them aesthetically, aside from, like, the craft, is just the nice bokeh, right? It's, like, I can't pinpoint why, but my brain's just trained to see that as what I like, right? So it'll take time. It'll take time for me to adjust to, like, a wide field of view and no depth of field and everything sort of sharp and focused being what my aesthetic kind of enjoys, I could see it kind of happening here and there, but I don't see a foreseeable future where I'm not going to like a nice 50 mil one four on a full frame camera. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like not that's totally. that's just not there yet. Right. And it's cool that we're like really close. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'd say especially like like our generation of filmmaker. I mean, we straight up everyone I know who's near my age that's shot started off on DSLRs had yeah. a nifty 50 exactly before. yeah exactly shot everything super wide open and with rack focus yeah. until the cows totally you know, totally it's, yeah it's like, that is what you do <laughs> yeah it's funny I was like watching a thing on Bradford Young who shot like Arrival and stuff like with Denis Villeneuve and it's like oh, he, he came that. from like he came from the 5D era right as well and it's yeah. like it, there's an interesting round table with him and like just someone doing sort of like a video essay about his filming style. And it's like he, the, the, the guy that was doing the video, essay coined him as like a, a cinematographer from the DSLR era. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Cause it's like, if you do watch a lot of classic films, actually a lot of stuff is all in focus. It is a lot of wides and there isn't a whole yeah. lot of bokeh and whatnot. Right. It, it really yeah. is in the last little while. Like as we've gotten older and got more control of bigger films and whatnot, that's where depth of fields really taken off as a look. Like if you yes. watch like Euphoria on HBO, like the whole show is like at one four. <laughs> it's like everything, yeah. everything is just like really blown out in, in the background, right? And I think that's why like a phone's just not there for me yet. And I, I hope that like you know maybe computationally down the road they can figure that out in software. Like I know Samsung has yeah. that like live focus, but it's it's trash. It's nowhere near something you would use professionally, right? Like yeah, it's not something you could ever use. Yeah, on a shoot, exactly. But, but, but I will say though, like. Like, yeah, it's really interesting, your point about, like, depth of field. It is so important to us. Yeah. But I was just kind of thinking retrospectively about, like, when I've shot some, like, skating or shot the last year's, like, 10S video, and I shot that dude on, like, the motorcycle. Totally, yeah. That stuff, that stuff it made it so easy that I didn't need to worry about my focus. Absolutely, like, yeah. Everything was focused, but it made the process so simple. Like, I literally put it on the Moby, started it up, took 20 seconds and i hit record and i just tapped you know tapped the screen on his face and boom, like, no, no matter where he goes like he's pretty much going to be as sharp as i'd ever want him to be exactly and that's crazy because if you were to shoot that on a c200 or whatever and shoot it at a 3.5 you know 
if you don't have any kind of active track or someone to pull, like it's just it's almost like, impossible. The, yeah, the, the things you need are way more. So it's like I, I feel like it's phones are cool because you know there's ways to kind of I don't know it's, it, it it kind of makes the process so much easier and it can still look super good. Like I was very pleased with a lot of those shots in that video and I shot yeah, it with a more thick lens, which obviously helped. Um, but now I'm kind of shooting, we came out with like basically filters that just screw straight on. Yeah. Face. I saw those were awesome. And, and those are my new favorite product. Like yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to make a video for my own channel, which I never post on my own YouTube channel, Yeah, yeah. but I'm like so hyped on them that I want to do like, cause we're not really like talking about them anymore on my channel. I want to yeah. do a video just like about those because it's literally something that's like the size of a silver dollar that can go in your back pocket. You would never even think about and then pull it out and shoot something that looks proper cinematic that's the right shutter speed and just with good light can look amazing like yeah this, absolutely some of the stuff that we shot in, in mexico on that surf trip i was super stoked on and i was like wow like that looks so good like that could be like if you told me that that was a phone i would be very impressed yeah so, and for and that's the thing it's like for people listening like maybe you still have a seven plus or an eight or a ten or whatever or even a 10s it's like yeah. you can you can easily breathe new life into those cameras with either grabbing a lens or grabbing a filter and just kind of stretching the capabilities a little bit more because rather than just like open up the camera app and just letting it auto expose and do all that kind of stuff you're probably not like reaching the potential of what these cameras are capable of and like i said that on twitter this morning like it's easy to fall into the hype trap because everyone we know is getting the new ones because we're in that bubble of the kind of youtube world right and it's like you could be sick. So, yeah. yeah. But then you're sitting there with a 10S and you're being like, I just paid 1200 bucks for this last year. Like, why am I feeling shitty? <laughs> right. And it's like, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the option is like, you know, maybe just go spend a hundred bucks or four, 50 bucks on a filter or whatever. Or not. And it's like, you got a pretty solid upgrade to that camera that you didn't have before. And I think that's like a, a route people can go where they're like, I want to shoot more with my phone, but I don't have the money to spend on this brand new one. And I want to get more out of it. I think like the stuff that you guys do and like just the third party market that's kind of come out to help make these cameras better is a whole nother interesting kind of territory. And that, like, like you said, like it's, there's no barriers to it. Like the things sitting in your back pocket, like, you know, I have the little moment case, the, the little that holds the two lenses and I just put it on my, the strap of my backpack and I always have my backpack with me. So like, it's not hard for me to quickly grab a lens. And so for me, if when I'm running around, I, it's not like, oh, my God, I have all these crap with me. Like, it's not like having a DSLR in my backpack where I got to pull it out or it's killing my neck. My phone's always in my pocket. I always usually have my backpack or something with me or the fanny even now that I have that uh, kind of rocking that more. Um, it's like it just makes the it makes the process of filmmaking so simple that all you you know why I think you know what's really interesting. It's like for me, when I when I've shot the myth films or like any stuff that I've done with, with smartphones, it's like it's made us really focus on the, the the story and the image and not the tech. I'm not thinking about the tech at all. I'm not thinking about the gear. Like you said, like if I bring a pocket out like a black magic or whatnot, I'm thinking about like, oh, I got to make sure I get this right and this right. This got to be in focus. You know, I got to make sure I got power for the camera and all that stuff. The battery's not going to die. All this like things that I'm worrying about that a lot of times I'm so focused on the technical stuff that I'm missing the actual thing that I should be shooting and focusing on more so. Right. And I find with the phone and like even, yeah, like even the last myth that we shot, like Oscar and I, when we went into it, like a big thing going into that learning from like previous stuff that we had done, it was just like, I don't want to keep trying to think about trying to make this not look like a phone. I want to just go into it and just get a nice image, but I don't want it to be like, oh shit, it looks like a phone. Like, I don't want that to be the breaking point. Right. And so that, that like took a lot of like pressure off us where it was just like, I don't care if this shot isn't the nicest in terms of technical quality. I just want it to be a nice shot 
compo- composing wise, right? And that like yeah. for me made that that piece one of my more favorites that I've done with a phone because I wasn't so stressed about trying to trick people into thinking it's not a phone, which is I think a lot of people try to do. They're going yeah. at it. They're going at it being like, "Oh, I shot this on a phone. That's crazy. You'll never believe it." It's like, "No, I think we need to embrace that more and be like, it's okay that it was a phone and it looks good, yeah. but it's okay that it was a phone." That's the perception that I think I want to try yeah, and work I'm work definitely, on. I'm definitely like guilty of that. I I, no, we all are. We all are, I man. Feel- I feel it's a compliment when someone says, I can't believe that was shot on the phone. I take absolutely. that as like, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Up. I agree. But, but like, maybe that's the wrong, like, like I, I could be putting way too much value in that of being like, you know, if someone said, but, but at the same time, it's like, you can't really tell, but you know, after the, the finished commercial, sometimes you can tell it's an Alexa mini. I feel like I can tell red pretty well. Yeah, but for sure. To like C200, C300, black magic. I have no idea. Totally, <laughs> you know, man. Yeah, tell. totally. Yeah, dude, I appreciate this chat so much, man. I we actually like chatted over thirty minutes longer than I thought we would, so that's even better. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, well, have fun cutting it all, cutting it all down into something that makes me sound like I'm not an idiot. You're not an idiot, man. You guys stop selling yourself short. That's <laughs> that's my feedback to you. Don't sell yourself short. Keep, I'm so excited. I'm so I'm so excited to see what you do with the 11 Pro, man. You're probably gonna make me want to buy yeah, it. Thanks, you dude. you ass. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, have to. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta yeah, be blowing fifteen hundred bucks, dude. But, but think of it this way: you'll buy it, and then you'll make like three YouTube, and then who knows? Maybe that opens up more more doors to more phone work. I feel like it's you true, know, man. Too much cool, cool phone stuff, and then like OnePlus, Samsung, they're all like, "Hey, want to make something with our phone?" Dude, I would love. I, I like it's like my dream to be like one of those like keynote videos. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, the one this year for Apple was like next level. I was like, damn, like that is. That's a Hollywood set with yeah. like a crane and a phone on it. That's pretty next level. But something maybe a little more lo-fi, I would love to film one of those. It'd be so rad. Yeah, and it's funny. Like I would love to I'm see. Just putting it out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I would love to see someone like you do something like that. Because I think that's a little bit of a false advertising thing when they show that kind of over studio shot stuff, where it's yeah. like. Any cam, any camera in that setting would have looked gorgeous, right? And it's like, of course, if you're on a studio exactly. backlot with gaffers and grips and all these kind of people like helping you, of course it's gonna look great. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, as much as I didn't love the 30 FPS Terrence Malick thing that Pixel 3 did, it did feel like something anybody could have shot, just elevated, right? Yeah. And that's part of yeah. what I like about with what's possible with phones. It's like create the accessibility to it. Don't make it seem like you need a full crew and a set. And you have to be like Sean Baker, who did like Florida Project and Tangerine. You don't have to be him to make great images yeah, with these yeah, with yeah. these phones. And that's my I think that's my only criticism to that keynote. It was just like I love that they were pushing the like the smartphone filmmaking world forward, but don't make it seem like it's yeah. a replacement for an Alexa LF or something, which is kind of what it kind of felt like they were doing. Um, and yeah, that's and, and I also I think my the biggest thing that bothered me is they around the Apple Watch, they told all these amazing stories that yeah. just like totally were awesome. Yeah, those are and wonderful. With the iPhone, and with the iPhone, it was like, hey, here's a here's here's a Hollywood studio shot on iPhone. Yeah. But it's like, there's so much room there to tell a cool story there. Like that's the capture device to tell one of those stories. Absolutely. And if you think about something with like a keynote, I don't know, it's like, where can a phone go that a big camera can't? Like probably to a lot of places around the world where Absolutely. you're holding up a massive Alexa Mini people you know are going to run the other direction but if you have a phone like maybe that's like a huge selling point to smartphone filmmaking but i feel like there's so much room in in, in the keynote to have more story driven pieces that aren't just like kind of like what yeah like what you just said of hey here's a hollywood set 
we filmed it on a phone. The light was perfect. And yeah. We put it all in black and white, so you couldn't tell that, that the colors were bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, I didn't really even think about that. I was like, oh, they're going black and white because of like Roma and stuff came out. Like black and white's just hot right now. And I was, yeah, just, like, I was just like, oh, then I was like, I, this is smart that you thought about that. Now I was like, they're kind of hiding what the color looked like in all of those scenes, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, whenever I've like put anything black and white, it's usually, it's rarely for a look choice. It's totally. Because, damn, that looked bad. Yeah, yeah like when I, when I used to do more <laughs> weddings. Black yeah. and white and like add a bunch of gray. I think it was Blank told me, he was like, if you can't make, make it look good, just make it look really shitty. Yeah, anymore. yeah. That is... <laughs> So funny and so true, true like, man. That's so, so true. true. All right, buddy. I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna keep you much longer. I hope you have a solid day. Uh, I know it's gonna I know it's gonna be like a, a long wait, even though it's a few days until that 11 Pro. But I'm excited to see what you what you guys make with it. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on Twitter. Absolutely, man. Around you know probably New York. That's where I always see you. Yeah, so it's usually in New York. Yeah. Hopefully one day you guys will be back in Toronto soon. We can hang. But uh, yeah, definitely definitely in New York for sure. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Yeah, cheers. Cheers, man. Hey there, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Niles Gray. I had a really great chat. It was a little long, but hey, long conversations are worth listening to. Someone said that, I'm sure, because I just did, and you can quote me on it. Put it on a fucking t-shirt if you want to. Speaking of t-shirts, uh, so we had this uh, meetup recently. Uh, Isaac Knupsi and I did a meetup in Toronto. Uh, a lot of you guys came out. There was about 30 people that came out or so, and that was pretty awesome. There's a little video on my YouTube channel kind of breaking down that whole event, just a little recap I shot on the Pocket 4K. Love how that camera's kind of performing. Still not my favorite camera. I'll probably share more thoughts on that in another episode or maybe even a review. We'll see. But what happened was we had reached out to MusicBet ahead of time to get some goodies for you guys that came out to the event. But unfortunately, because of customs, they did not arrive in time. So now I have a box of goodies from the music bed. So what I want to do is everyone that came to the, the meetup, I'm going to reach out to you guys over email and we'll figure out how you guys can get some of that stuff. But because I have some extras, I wanted to offer it also to you. So what I want you to do is tweet me at I'm Patrick T. You guys know my Twitter handle with your favorite track that you found on music bed. You can click the link in the show notes, the description to go to music bed. And you guys know if you click that link, I get a little bit of affiliate money. So I appreciate it. But what I want you to do is just go there fine you can sign up you can't whatever you want to do just want you to go there find a track that you really like tweet it to me i'm gonna put you guys in a draw and then the winner will get some goodies from music bed so thank you to music bed for being a pseudo sponsor of this podcast as always and thank you to you for listening if you're liking the podcast don't forget to rate us and review us on itunes it helps a lot for ranking so more people can discover the show and i appreciate every single one of you except for you jackson hayes if you're listening except for you <laughs> Anyways, thanks again for listening to the Topcom Podcast. I'm Patrick Tommaso, and you'll hear me next time I feel like making a video. God damn it, I keep fucking up the outro. My name is Patrick Tommaso. Thanks again for listening to the Topcom Podcast. You'll hear me next time I feel like talking. Cheers. <laughs>